Okay, if you have a Bible, please open to Psalm 20 or look on your handout with me. That'll be fantastic. We are beginning a new series this summer on the Psalms of Ascent. The Psalms of Ascent. You guys can be seated, by the way. It's okay. Be seated, please. The Psalms of Ascent are Psalms that are, go from Psalm 120 to 134. The Psalms of Ascent have been interpreted in various ways throughout the history of the church. John Calvin said the Psalms of Ascent were called the Psalms of Ascents, plural, because they were to be sung in a higher key. Other scholars have various interpretations of what these meant. The predominant view of Psalms of Ascent was that they were the songs sung on pilgrimage. Fitting, don't you think? They were the songs that were sung three times a year as the people of God traveled from their homes to Jerusalem. They traveled three times a year for the pilgrimage feasts. That is Passover in the spring, that is Pentecost in early summer, and then that would be tabernacles in the fall. So, would you give your attention to God's word as I read from Psalm 120? In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you, and what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? A warrior's sharp arrows with the glowing coals of the broom tree. Woe to me that I sojourn in Meshech, that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. Too long have I had my dwelling among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. These psalms are called the Psalms of Ascent. And Psalm 120 is not a happy psalm. In fact, is this anybody's favorite psalm? Like, honestly, if you were to ask me, what is Psalm 120 about? Undoubtedly, I'd read it many, many times, but I wouldn't be able to tell you, this is what's in Psalm 120. It's a psalm that we skip right by. It's a psalm we don't really recognize for what it is. Psalm 120 is a psalm of lament. And it begins the journey as the people of God are going to Israel. When you get in the car to go on vacation... You don't sing songs of lament. But the people of God knew that they were strangers, pilgrims passing through. And the first song out of their lips, in the midst of the excitement to go to Jerusalem, to ascend up the hill to Jerusalem, which was the highest point in Palestine, was a song of lamentation. And we would do well as God's people to learn what it means to pray songs of lament because the Psalter gives us 42 of them. This being the first. So let me just in a couple of minutes in our communion meditation give you this psalm in one sentence. Here it is. We must learn to lament as we journ sojourn through this broken world on the way to shalom. And this psalm helps us. We must learn to lament as we sojourn through this broken world on the way to shalom. And this psalm helps us. 
So first, we must learn to lament as we sojourn through this broken world. Knowing the difference between lamenting, please hear me, and complaining is crucially important. It makes all the difference in the world for you. What is the difference between lamenting and complaining? Lamenting is bringing your circumstances before the face of God in prayer to his face. Complaining is talking about your circumstances to yourself or to others behind his back. Lamenting is taking your circumstances in prayer to God, open-handed, hear my circumstances, and crying out to him. Complaining is turning from God, complaining about them to yourself or to other people behind his back, as it were. And as we learn to lament but not complain, we find ourselves with this amazing resource to help us in the Christian life. If tomorrow they found an inoculation or a cure for the coronavirus and we never took it, it would be tragic for us, wouldn't it? We would say, every person would say, that's foolish if we just ignored that they had found a cure to the coronavirus. And yet when it comes to learning how to pray prayers of lament, so much of your restlessness that gives birth to your complaining is found in teaching you how to pray prayers of lament. And equally as foolish is it for you to just ignore them, to just pretend that they don't exist. Guys, it's a resource in God's Word to teach you about it. We must learn to pray prayers of lament as we sojourn through this broken world, and this psalm helps us. Now notice what it says in verse 5. Woe to me that I sojourn in Meshech. You have to kind of clear your throat to say it in Hebrew. And I dwell among the tents of Kedar. Meshech was to the north. Kedar was to the south. The psalmist is saying, woe to me that I live in a hostile land. He probably doesn't live in either Meshech or in Kedar. Today it might be like saying, woe to me that I dwelled in the northwest territories of Canada or I dwelt all the way down on the coasts of Venezuela. I'm surrounded by hostility everywhere. And in what way is this man or woman surrounded by hostilities? He's surrounded by hostilities because people are slandering his name. People are committing libel against him. People are saying things about him that hurt. And we all know what that experience is like. We know what it's like to be able to face, I mean, many, many people in this city are crying out in protest because they know what it's like to have their name slandered. They know what it's like to be hurt by other people's words, even subtly. But here this man is being slandered. And the motivation for us as Christians to be able to live into these experiences of being slandered is to recognize that the psalmist knows what it's like. And he gives us a resource to help us in the midst of it. We must learn to pray psalms of lament when we too are slandered. You know the power of your words. They break business deals. They break apart marriages. They heal relationships. They cause distrust. And they bring peace, don't they? I mean, you can think of the, of the timing of an 
of a harsh word spoken on Twitter. How quickly that goes to the Twitterverse. You can think of the, the presence of mind of someone to, to hold a community together with confidence. And you know how words can also heal. You know what that's like, don't you? And we, in the midst of hearing our great names slandered as Christians, must not retaliate with other words. Notice what he says. He says, a warrior's sharp arrows. He's describing the experience, and some of you know it. A warrior's sharp arrows with the glowing coals of the broom tree. The broom tree was the wood in the ancient Near East that was used to make charcoal. It was the way that the tribes of Kedar would use incendiary arrows to shoot over to destroy cities. Kids, you can imagine an archer shooting a flaming arrow over a wall of a city to set it ablaze. That's what it's like to have your name drug across the mud. And so the question for us is, are you able as a Christian to be able to receive that kind of hostility and still walk in light of the truth of the gospel. We have got to be the kind of community that does that. That when you find that somebody says something offensive to you, you absorb that blow. You don't retaliate with other words that just create greater and greater fires. You're able to absorb it. You're able to know that, that when he uses the illusion of the broom tree, charcoal is also a reference to God's judgment. That we will leave it to the Lord to judge those who speak harshly against us. We must learn to pray prayers of lament. Are you with me? I know it's a crazy setting. Wind is blowing through your hair, most of your hair. Do you, are you with me? We must learn to pray psalms of lament, to make the Psalter our own prayer book. Eugene Peterson called the Psalms of Descent the dog-eared song book in the middle of the Bible. We must use it like that. We must learn to pray prayers of lament as we sojourn through this broken world on the way to shalom. Because this world, friends, is not as it should be. And we hear words that are sharply spoken, that pierce us. And we are able as Christians to know that though this isn't our favorite psalm, we all know one person for whom this psalm was their favorite. And who is that? Of course, it's the Lord himself, isn't it? This is Jesus' favorite psalm. You know, when he was on the cross, he recounted the Psalter. He said the psalms. And if he would have been on there long enough, he would have gotten to Psalm 120. He surely thought it. Listen, he is surrounded on all sides. What more shall be given to you? What more shall be done to you? You deceitful tongues, people, I've given my life for you, and yet you still retaliate against me. Too long have I had my dwelling place among those who hate peace. I am for peace. Jesus himself came, what? As a man of peace amidst a hostile people. Jesus himself was the prince of peace. Jesus himself said, my peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives it do I give it to you, but my peace is a peace that surpasses all understanding. The very first word Jesus said to his disciples after he rose from the dead was what? Peace be with you. The only way that you're going to learn how to use your words in ways that build up Ephesians 
in a way that creates a community for us at Trinity is that we recognize that this is the favorite psalm of our Savior, who knows what it's like to be ridiculed. And in light of that, he still gave his life for you so that you might be able to practically apply the gospel in very real and honest ways. In the Septuagint, which is the Greek interpretation of the Old Testament, the word for sojourn is the word parochia. It's the word from which we get parish or congregation in English. We are sojourning through, and an apt metaphor this entire service is, And as we sojourn through, we have to ask ourselves some important questions. Do you use your words to complain or to lament? Children, do you use your words to complain about your brother or your sister? Or are you able to use your words to lament to God? Does your talk have a stand together with me or a me against the world, me against him or her tone? It is not just what you say, it is also when you say it and how you use your words that is so important for us as Christians. Does your talk encourage faith and honest spiritual growth in those around you? Do you talk with others to develop relationships or do you just talk to fix a problem that you see? As you come to the table this morning, would you come to the table remembering that it is your Savior who made this psalm one of his favorite psalms? That though he was reviled, he did not revile back. Though the harshest of criticism was lobbied toward him, far harsher than anything you could have ever experienced because he came from a place of infinite peace. We, in light of his finished work for us, standing in the shadow of his cross by faith in his finished work, are able to be agents of peace to the world. We must learn to pray prayers of lament as we sojourn through this broken world on the way to shalom and Psalm 120 helps us. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, would you help us to bring this psalm home? Would you help us to speak with others without complaining or nitpicking? Would you help us to choose to not criticize, but to build up? Lord, help us. When we are faced with words that break down like a wrecking ball, would you help us to not merely not participate, but help us to do more? Help us to say, I don't think the way we are talking would honor the Lord. And let's go talk to that person directly rather than talk about him or her behind their back. And Lord Christ, we know, Lord Jesus, that you were able to do that. And only by your power can you equip us to do the same. So help us in the most practical of ways as we come to the table to assess the way we've used our words. To come to the table repentant and joyful that you have a deep desire to get your arms around us and forgive us. To remind us that we are covered again in your righteousness. So Father, help us this morning as we come to your table to come in the shadow of the cross, in the midst of the words of hostility that you absorbed so that we might find peace in your finished work for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.